0: This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is 100% Australian owned and local. Phone 131 806.
1: Oh, she's done it. Brilliantly executed. Incredible stuff. The whole family are watching on in anticipation and yes, there's the final nail in the chicken coop. Dad's been promising to build for a decade and don't the kids just love it. He's
2: coming in for the final turn. He's gone to the left,
1: a little bit to the right. Dodged the hill's hoist. Grass clippings flying in his wake. Precision mowing doesn't get any better than that they've really set their sights high for this one a pizza oven water feature and a new deck all by the end of lockdown but is it too much too soon only time will
2: tell he's a do-it-yourself
1: legend in the making Welcome to the sport of gardening for cyclone tools built to last a lifetime. Trojan, tools built tough only at Bunnings Warehouse. And Red Energy, owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader. Here's your hosts, Dale Vine and Jane Neal,
0: And wherever you are listening to us right around Australia on SEN or SEN track on a Sunday morning, or if you're just tuning in via podcast, Great to have you on the Sport of Gardening. I'm Jane Neild and it's welcome to Dale Vine. Hello, yes, Dale.
2: thank you, Jane. I'm all refreshed.
0: I heard a little rumour that you might have had your first date night slash kid-free weekend Correct. since your children were
2: born. Yeah, well, it wasn't the first date <laughs> night, but it was the first night away from home. So we had two nights, um, luckily. So, yeah, that's why I'm all... Um yeah, freshened up and feeling in good, step, mate. Yeah, exactly right. So no, nah, it was great fun and well needed. Are you a
0: romantic? Did you book some beautiful getaway in some remote location, Dale, <laughs> so you could have a bath on an outdoor balcony and look over the Grampians or something?
2: They were all the things that I put down in the Google search for accommodation, and all of those awesome places were um, booked out for the dates. Booked that, out. Yeah, It was a very quick turnaround between the time we got the green light to actually go for two nights away. Um, <laughs> to booking it. So, no, we ended up in just a nice hotel um a couple of k's down the road from home, so
0: you didn't even leave your own suburb. No,
2: we didn't. I mean, we're we're doing the right thing. Melbourne's um <laughs> Melbourne's off limits for us, so we're uh, yeah, we're just sticking local to Geelong.
0: And are you one of those annoying people who then just says, "Oh, darling," and while we're out having breakfast, can I just go and have a look down at the nursery, or oh look at that garden there? Let's just detour, or do you just try and keep it all about safe?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, no, if it's just a weekend away, it'd be all about safe. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And the kids survived.
2: They did, yeah, yeah. So um, we had great help from the... The family and friends, to our surprise, they were fine. <laughs>
0: and maybe next time, by the time you actually can organise another weekend away, you might be able to go further than just down the
2: road. Yeah, well, it took us five years to get to that first um, two <laughs> nights away. So once, you know, five more years and we might be able to sort that out.
0: Well, I've been in my little cottage in Ballarat during uh, the final week of school holidays yep. and absolutely loving just getting into the gardening right? and just doing some more brickwork and laying a few bricks. Easier even You're into it, Jane. Yeah, probably doing a really half Did you paint that
2: laundry? You were talking about that last time I saw you. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) Still got time. (laughs) The
0: to-do list was long and the weather was very cold, so it didn't quite happen.
2: paint doesn't dry when it's (laughs) cold, you're right.
0: Hey, coming up on the show today, we are actually going to talk about greenhouses because there's a little rumour that the greenhouse suppliers of especially the Melbourne area Mm -hmm. have been flat out. People run off their feet because everyone's trying to get a greenhouse.
2: Yeah, well, when they all thought supermarkets were we're going to um, run out of fresh food and produce, then they thought we'd better grow our own.
0: We're going to check in with the crew from Sproutwell Greenhouses in Geelong in Dale's neck of the woods and find out about just how busy they have been over the last couple of months. But each week we do check in with someone in the sporting world to see how they've been coping in this crazy world we find ourselves in. in in 2020. And our guest today will be very well known to many SEN listeners. Of course, he is a commentator, mostly for our WA listeners, lovers of footy calls of the Fremantle and the West Coast Games in particular. He's a former footy coach and one of WA's most loved sporting commentators. Tim Gossage, welcome to the Sport of Gardening. Tim, how are you? Oh, I'm very well. Beautiful, sunny. All very chilly yes. today, but uh, all the all the leaves are
3: falling on the ground. The dogs are barking. The chooks are chirping. And great to be on the
0: show. And right. you're in a in a state where sport is not only being played, but you know there's going to be crowds.
3: <laughs> yes. Well, well, our view is bring the AFL Grand Final, bring your Melbourne Cup, bring your Boxing Day Test. Bring your clippers, bring your lawn mowers, we can do everything over.
2: Fair enough, too, because they are all systems go up there.
0: I know. It feels like you're in a completely different country to us. But look, Tim, before we get into the specifics of what I have heard is a little bit of a passion for gardening on your behalf, (laughs) tell us how different things were for you in WA, because in Melbourne and, and, you know, a lot of states, we were locked down hard. We're still going through some of that. Did Mm. you feel Mm. it? Did you have to stay home for a couple of months or or how did you ride that first couple of weeks out? Well, it was an interesting one. Um,
3: Working in, in television, which is my full-time job, and I only being sort of like literally 1k from the office. Um, so the drive was minimal, but the shopping centres were, were empty, the roads were empty. Um, you know, basically we, we adhered very strongly to, to the government, Mark McGowan, and the health officials called her to really slow down and look after each other. And I think we did it. And look, I'm biased. I'm a one-eyed West Australian. When I think if you find it, every time I'm on SEN or whatever show I'm on on SEN, I'm pretty one-eyed West Aussie, and I don't think the Victorians take too kindly to it. <laughs> but I think we did it. I think we did it better than anybody. And I think we're actually now being repaid by the fact is that we are allowed to to go to the pub now. We're allowed to sit down in a restaurant. We're allowed to go to the shopping centre. The roads are a little bit busier. I'm not saying I enjoy all of that but I think normality has returned a lot quicker than anywhere else. Um, And our Premier has played hardball. He's a bit of a working class. He's an ex-Army person. He knows about disciplines. I think he instilled that in most West Australians. And I think, albeit at the time, we felt like there was going to be no end to it, Uh, He's come back phase by phase, minute by minute, step by step. And I think we're reaping the benefits and we're very lucky. But yes, we did feel it, but nowhere near as harsh as probably the East Coast and in particular in in, in Victoria, which I'd hate to think what it's like to be living there. I've got family there. I've got friends there. I've got colleagues there. And the difficulty of of getting by normally now is is enormous. But over here, I can do whatever I like, when I like, (laughs) within reason, still social distancing, And we've got a Premier who's got a 93% approval rate.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. Well, do the crime and do the time. That's what we're doing down here in Victoria. So pub's yep. a dirty word down here, mate. You're not allowed to say that anymore because <laughs> blokes, blokes are missing them too much to be able to mention that word anymore.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I'm not a pub goer, but all my mates are in golf clubs. You can play golf. You can go yep. to TAB. You can go to the races on the weekend. Uh, they've got netball starting with 8,000 people going to our RAC Arena, which is our big, uh, our big sort of complex. Um, that starts in a couple of weeks' time, to be honest. The only thing you know about COVID-19 in WA is what you read and see. Now yeah. you don't actually feel it.
2: Yeah, well, we're like we're when they um, had to surrender – bloody rifles down here. We're surrendering golf clubs and, and everything, the way the way the government's going down here. So, no, it's our own fault, so we'll, we'll stick with it. Correct. <laughs> now, Correct. Tim,
0: yep. you've got a little place and you've got a little garden, so during that yeah. time when everyone was off the roads, you were sort of trying to hunker down a bit. Did you, yep. like many people we've spoken to on this show, find solace in the garden and just realise, wow, I've actually got time to do stuff? Yeah, yeah, 100%, James. Firstly, I want
3: to congratulate you on using the word hunker and not bunker. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like to ask all the journo's and the young twenty-five-year-olds who are coming through the industry that it's not bunker down. It is actually hunkered down. Woo-hoo! So don't be afraid to use it. Yeah. Uh, well done by you. Yes, I did. And look, I'm standing in it right now, and I wouldn't say it is in great condition. It's a bit um, weed orientated as we speak right now, uh-huh. and it needs a bit of work in that regard. But uh, and all my sort of like borderline um, trees that sort of uh, work along the um the limestone wall, they're all sort of there's not a lot of foliage on it at the moment. So I've got a bit of raking to do. But yes, um I worked on the citruses, I worked on the well the olive trees are an interesting one. I've got a I've got a line of olives across the front um part of the house which goes on the main road, which acts as a bit of a blockage to the traffic. And I had them boxed, um boxed back twelve would have been two years ago. And I missed a season, so I didn't get any olives at all. So I'm hoping that they'll fight back very, very soon as well. Um, I've got a swimming pool that requires some love, but the frangipani seems to have really relish love. And I've got a massive lemon tree, which I paid way overs for uh, many years ago. It has got, well, they look like grapefruits, and I'm going to ask you the question, oh. do I pull, what should I, yeah, they're way over the top. I should send you a photo. Unbelievable. They are massive. <laughs> They have only just started turning yellow, but I suspect if they fall, they could create uh, an earth tremor. So should I wow. take them off now? What? They they, they, they might
2: be like big double-yolk eggs, mate. You might crack it open. There they might be two lemons in there.
3: Sale.
0: Well, what do I do? I'm looking at them now. What, what should, should, will they fall or do I pick? No, just leave them, Tim. I have got a, a huge lemon tree in the backyard of yeah. my house in Melbourne, which had yeah, yeah. literally fist times two size lemons. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Just just leave yeah. them to ripen and don't sit under okay. the tree.
4: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: and I've got I've got man, so I've got so what I've got is I've got Mandy, I've
3: got a, a mandarin tree, I've got I've oh, no, actually got two mandarins, two orange, about four lemons, I've got an apple, I've got a weeping I've got a weeping mulberry which I brought from my property down. From my, my residence about eight years ago and replanted. I brought it up in a trailer. And I thought this will never take. Um, I think the neighbours calling in some help because
1: <laughs> it's starting to
3: live on on the yeah. side of the property. But gee, it looks good. Oh, it wow. looks good. Um, I've got all the spices. My wife does all the stuff that requires sort of a bit more tender loving. I've got a chili plant. I've got the lot, and and I've got a plant. I've got a row of um, lemon. Uh, uh, what are they? No, that's an orange, and that's a lemon. I'm looking at it now. Probably needs a bit of fight back because we had a gathering on the weekend for my seventeen-year-old daughter. Not a not a party; it's a gathering, which means people can come and go, yep. um, rather than a party where they, you're invited, you've got to stay. And I think the blokes might have um, drowned it a bit using it as their outdoor toilet. Oh, okay, I think, um, yeah, right. I, I That's think good. A, no sorry.
2: wonder your lemons are so big, mate.
3: <laughs> Ex- yeah. Well, anyway, they've been copping their their right share at the moment. So look, <laughs> I've got lots going on. I've got mulberries. I've got the lot. I love it. Wow. It, it is my scat, and I've got some grass which I mow. And if I mow, the dogs, the three cats, and the and the three kids stay away from me. So that's my thing. That's oh, my thing.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> a bit of solace on the mower. Hey, where did Correct. you actually grow up, Tim? Like, what part of the world was little Timmy running around the backyard in? And what what are some <laughs> of your earliest memories of gardening?
3: Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'm six foot seven and 115 kilos, so not so much not so much as little Timmy. I've never been a little Timmy. <laughs> um, but I will say this, I was born in Bunbury. So I was born in Bunbury in the south, so a couple of hours south of, of Perth. didn't really have... I had a sand pit, which I buried my brother's dinky cars set and smashed them all up and buried them in oh. that That's my only backyard memory. <laughs> got in a lot of trouble for those. Yeah. A couple of years in Melbourne, but didn't have a backyard. I lived in um, Portland Place, which is in South Yarra, for a couple of years with my first wife, and uh, loved that spot, but no gardening. Really only got a garden when I... Sort of, my mum and dad have always had a big uh, property and and garden and like, but nothing that we never grew anything on it. It was more just plants and stuff. But my current wife, Bronwyn, she's um, beautiful school friend that we sort of grew up with and sort of reconnected with. She's sort of like the tea cosy, barefoot walk down the street type girl, you know, that sort of um, old hippie who likes to love it. Yeah, yeah, likes to live off the land a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So she sort of got me into it, to be brutally honest with you. And now she works full time. I've inherited. Uh, the garden and uh, the, the upkeep and the, and the like, but I love it. I absolutely love it. So growing up, not so much in the garden, but getting old and being fifty-five and almost uh, past it, it's uh, it's my pastime. I'm not a I'm not a pub drinker. I'm not a I'm not a go out with my mates type of guy. I'd like to either lie in the lounge and with my kids, or I um, or, or, or I'm in the garden. So that's yeah, my
2: choice. perfect. Oh, what a great age to throw away the shoes, mate. You don't need them anyway. Anyway. <laughs>
3: I definitely don't wear. I get in trouble for not wearing shoes, and I think I say to my kids, "You can't go into the the shops without shoes. You can't get a cup coffee without shoes." But I do it most mornings, and everyone just looks at me sideways. So yeah, no. it's the other style. You don't see you don't see under the desk of a newsroom. That's in a room right. A sport on telly. <laughs> yep. So uh, I try and get away with it at seven o'clock
2: in the morning as yeah, well. Just keep the toenails under under control, and it's all good, mate. <laughs>
0: hey, um, Tim, you mentioned that you've got the olive trees, which a lot of people plant just yeah. for their structural mm. beauty and yeah. just because they're a great yeah. sort of screening plant. Have you actually had yeah. enough on there though, since you've planted oh. them to actually preserve? Because oh. that's a long process. Oh.
3: Uh, yeah, and I won't be doing the process, Jane. Um, so yes, Jane, I have. I can tell you. So the six that I've got, I reckon I planted them. I reckon I should have planted five. I reckon I planted six along the border at the top. Um, unbelievable! Unbelievable! The amount of of uh, fruit that we've got, or olives, whatever you want to call them, uh, what they bear, and. For a couple of years, it just fell to the ground. I picked a lot of them up. We tried to um, we tried to go through the whole process, and then I ran into a bloke at work called Frank, who's a mad Italian, and he given them to me. I'll sort them out. He sorted them out for a year, and then we got them boxed. I got a bloke to come around and, and as I said, come and box them and sort of prune it all back. Um, and they never came back. Well, that, the trees come back. The foliage is amazing. In fact, it's bigger than it's ever been, and looks great. But we had no no nothing growing on there in regards to the olives. And I'll name drop for you. I told this to Justin Langer the other week, uh, about three weeks ago, the Australian cricket coach. And I mm-hmm. said to JL, who loves his garden and loves his roses, and I said to him, he said, oh, you know, I've cut all my roses or whatever or he's done back. And then I, he, I said, yeah, I did the same. Well. I've never been the same. And he said, trust me, Goss, they will come back. Yeah. So when Justin <laughs> Langer says they will come back, you I believe. believe.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
3: can we say <laughs> so the what same? So do you reckon they will come back? Asking the experts. Do you reckon Oh, will just
2: come back? yeah, if Justin said so, then I believe him, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not an olive expert. I, I've a to heap for along driveways and things for people, but I um don't stick yeah. around long enough to see how they fruit, so <laughs>
0: Just do your damage and then go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely, and Justin is correct. From my experience with friends yeah. that have pruned, it will take another year. Like it's it's one season off okay. then, because I think the fruit only yeah. forms on like the second year I growth. Think, yeah, perhaps. I think
2: most people that plant olives, yeah. the the only problem they have is they they don't want as much fruit on them. Yeah, rather than correct. whether they're actually gonna That's fruit. 100%, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
3: hundred percent. And they just stay, they're all over the walkway when you walk through the house. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love it, and it looks great, and it makes me feel good. And a lot of the time for your garden, I think, for the best part, it's not what you grow, it's the aesthetics of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. We live in in suburbia, a good big quarter-acre block, very old house. But when you walk out the back and see all the green and, and see all the fruit and all that, you think... You know what? This is not too bad. Right in the hub of 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 the metro area, we're pretty lucky. Yeah.
0: Well, if anyone in WA and the Perth area actually has a mobile olive oil crushing plant, mm. send it yes. Tim Gossage's way. You can uh, yes. send us an email feedback at sportergardening Because I know in Melbourne there are people now going small scale. You need to have at least you know four or five trees, but you've probably mm. got enough to squeeze at least a bottle and a half
2: of olive oil. I reckon. Oh, I'll, I'll wait so and wait and um, see the barefoot olive oil on. The- <laughs> The, <laughs> on the shelves at the supermarket soon Tim
3: <laughs> I look forward to it no, no, no. hey look I tell you what you've got me you've got you've inspired me you've yep. inspired me yeah I've, I've got a feeling I will do it don't worry I, if, you, if you lay down the task I'll have a crack. no doubt about that
2: <laughs> you know when I was working at a, um, a Greek restaurant in Bendigo um, back in high school days Jane I used to always I used to collect the plates as well after people had their meals. So obviously a lot of olives on Greek dishes and um, I always used to take them out and all the olive um, pips or seeds were the only thing left on the plate and I never knew what the hell they were and I was like, what are these little like hard rabbit poo looking things? And that's what it was. It was, <laughs> it was the olive seeds.
0: Hey Tim, are you a DIY guy? Do you actually get on the tools or are you more just, uh, you know, in the garden? Totally hopeless. Totally hopeless.
3: But we'll give everything a go. My dad, who is ninety, just turned ninety, is amazing. Self-taught carpenter makes flywire doors, windows, wow, yeah, uh, letter boxes. He's um, he's amazing. And but when I ask him to do something for my house, he intimidates me even at ninety. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I try to yourself. turn off before I actually throttle him. But uh, <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm, I'm you know i I'm looking right now. So I've made a. Um, where those lemon trees that the boys have weed on, I told you about. Mm-hmm. I made a, I made a two line or it might be three, three line old brick, you know, just like a little um bed. Yep. Um, you know, like a like a, a sort of like a, a flower bed, raised three brick high Brilliant. with old bricks. That's about the only thing I've done. I'm halfway through painting the kitchen, but that halfway was about twelve months ago, so I've got um, you know, that type of stuff. But I'm a pool cleaner. Yep. I'm, I'm a pool cleaner. That's, that's cool. my that's the problem by I know. I'm a pool tried, cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> I love... Oh, yeah. Yo, you, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> I've come to cleanse the pool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your husband home. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> oh, that's good because a lot of people find that a massive burden. So it's good to hear no. you actually say you enjoy it.
3: <laughs> I love pool cleaning. It's just my absolute greatest thing. Everyone goes, oh, they're a waste of money. They just, you know, you just, they're just you're burning money. Now, again... With the beautiful greenery, the beautiful blue pool, with a very old house that needs a lot of work, I'm very satisfied with the backyard, and I love pool cleaning, because again,
2: people Leave me alone, yeah. No, good on you. Well, it's either it goes two one or two ways with pools. You either keep it maintained and it look great all yep. year, or ducks yep. come and live in it during winter. Yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: we've had
0: that too, but yeah. I, uh,
2: we, we scared them off with a couple of
0: dogs. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the sport of gardening. Now, for our <laughs> WA listeners or anyone that wants to catch you on podcast, just give us a plug. When can they catch you on air? Oh, they can catch me anywhere. I um, what do I what do I do? I do SEN track on on Sundays with David Taggart, which I love. Yep. I do a
3: fair bit of inputting onto all the shows, so through Gary's show, through Jared, and through all the other footy shows. I call the footy in Western Australia through the Spirit Network, um, and I'm cheap and nasty. I'll come for twenty five dollars half an hour. I won't charge you anything for today.
0: <laughs> and just remind me who uh, who you follow over there. Who do you think is going to to prove proud uh... for
3: WA? Okay. Well, I grew up. Well, I grew up being a St Kilda supporter all my life, and after beating Carlton, I'm pretty satisfied with the start of the year. But if I had to say West Coast or Fremantle, I would say West Coast, but only just, or you know, like a ninety percent to 10% just.
2: Yeah, well, toss toss of a coin between those two this year, so we'll (laughs) wait and see how they go when they play each other on the 16th. I think they're booked in, but who knows? It could change.
0: (laughs) It could change in this crazy world we're living in. And, Tim, who knows? We may get a grand final in Perth, which I think would just be like Christmas.
3: (laughs) We are ready, guys. We are ready, Nick. And you know what? We'll do a lap of honour with my jar of the Barefoot Olives.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Nice. (laughs) Love it. I wouldn't book it in yet, Tim, because I reckon the way AFL works, they'd probably uproot and move the MCG to Perth to have the grand (laughs) final still at the MCG.
0: Fair
3: enough, too. Fair
0: enough. Thanks for your time, Tim. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Good chat. Tim Gossage on the sport of gardening. And, of course, we are doing it all thanks to Red Energy. They're owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader. And in just a moment, we are going to check in with another tool review. Dale, you've been reviewing the tools again. I have,
2: yes. (laughs) I love it.
0: All thanks to Cyclone and Trojan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment.
2: You're listening
1: to the Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.
0: The Sounding Board with Craig Hutchison and Damien Barrett. It's sport, it's the media, it's talking about the issues that matter.
1: Generally, rap that there's an entertainment product on air on the weekends. They haven't played, they haven't trained, they can't get any contact hours, they can't get any of the tactics. There is a risk-averse mentality that the coaches are taking into every game.
0: For DrinkWise, stay safe, and if you're choosing to drink, please DrinkWise. And for Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. The Sounding Board with Hutchie and Damo. Subscribe and listen today wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back to the sport of gardening with Dale Vine and Jane
4: Neal.
0: And welcome back to the Sport of Gardening. Still to come, we are going to chat greenhouses and glasshouses. Apparently, they are right on trend at the moment. But as we do every week with Dale Vine, we're going to do a little tool review for Cyclone and Trojan. What have you got in the toolbox today, Dale?
2: Yeah, so I've got the Trojan uh, hand saw, which is a 22-inch one. Uh, Great for cutting just timber pieces and uh, anything you can't really get a, a nice you know, circular saw, which is what everybody uses to cut things easily these days, um, you'd use one of these uh, and a and a hacksaw as well, which is a standard three hundred mil hacksaw, um, which is uh, really really solidly built. This hacksaw, I have to tell you that
0: it looks really sturdy because I'm used to as always with my tools, you know, yep. Grandpa's old dodgy one. Yeah. Tell me about the hacksaw. Why does it tweak your
2: interest so much? Uh, it's just I don't know that I don't often use hacksaws, but when you do, I tend to always. Um, cut on a funny angle for some reason with a hacksaw, but this thing's... uh, The solid top frame of it is a lot more solid than most of the hacksaws I've ever used. And um, it's just got a really easy little knob at the bottom that um, obviously undoes the tension in it so you can easily change the blade. So um, as far as construction-wise, I think it's... um, the best you can probably do for a hacksaw.
0: Yeah, and I think a little bit more weight probably yeah. helps a bit too, you know, I love
2: it? the weight of tools, <laughs> Jane, so yeah, very good point.
0: So what would you use hacksaws for, like, you know, just little bits of dowel and just doing small jobs around the house?
2: Yeah, so obviously cutting bits of steel pipe or... Um... Oh, so
0: steel as well. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: steel as well. So um, most of these blades will um, cut through steel. I'm sure you can change the blades um, to more specific things for the, whatever material you wanted to cut, but I often use them... Um, for lots of different things. So even PVC pipe, um, conduit, stuff like that, you need to get a nice little um, quick cut on. So uh, then they just do a nice neater job than what a biggest handsaw would do on on PVC.
0: Now the handsaw, you mentioned a lot of people just turn straight to their power tools, but really- We
2: try to, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) But for a lot of people just doing smaller DIY jobs, like a lot of people aren't going to invest- as I did in a drop saw, very yes. excited to buy one of them. Yeah. Uh, so really you do need something around the house probably that's just a quick grab from the shed, get oh, the job absolutely. done.
2: Yeah, yeah, you've still got to own a hand saw as well as even if you do have a, a battery-operated circular saw as well because they're just um, <laughs> so handy around the house as well. So uh, they definitely still do have their place though. There are There are a lot of cuts that you can't get on uh, with a circular saw, they're a lot bulkier, obviously, and, and you know take up a lot of room to get into tight places. So hand saws do a, a nice, neat job of this. And it's f- a funny thing about this hand saw is on the actual um, blade itself, it's got written nine TPI. Have you ever understood what TPI okay, was, Jane, in the in the hand TPI, saw industry?
0: Um, is it like? T- is it tines? Uh, something per inch?
2: Yes, teeth. Teeth, teeth per, per inch. inch. So that's on the blade itself. So Thank there you, you go. There's Thank nine teeth much. per inch on this bad boy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, 22 inch, which is 550 mil. So this is a good standard size. So you can get smaller ones for for little jobs, but um, I reckon this is the one that you'd want if you're going to have an everyday handsaw in your in your garage.
0: I can't wait to walk into Bunnings and go, "Excuse me, I'm after a handsaw. can yeah, I just tpi? check the TPI on yeah, that yeah. one?" <laughs> <laughs> Actually, i do a podcast with Shayna Blaze, which yep. you can hear thanks to Red Energy. It's called Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. I learned about rub tests. Rub tests? You know that What's you can that, get
2: rugs or... the rub
0: test of yeah. how much you can rub a certain fabric okay. before it starts going woolly and furry. All and... oh, right, so There you go. I'm, I'm just learning all what these things. What is terms. that? Rubs
2: per minute or... <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it just rubs over the lifetime of okay. the fabric and I'm just...
2: Oh, LRs, lifetime rubs, yep. Yes. yeah.
0: <laughs> so I love all the lingo that you've introduced me to, uh, yeah, Dale. Cool. So the TPI looks good on the fantastic handsaw. Uh, colour scheme, let's just mention, because you want Always, your whole Jane, shed to match. Yeah, all,
2: the, <laughs> all the Trojan tools are making my garage look that much better every time I get a new one. Uh, so red and black, the Bombers colors, which I love. Uh, And these uh, handsaw blades are actually got hardened teeth for longer life as well. So that's another good tip for the tool people out there.
0: Yeah, just check and get you really good quality tools from Trojan Tools. They're tools built tough available at Bunnings Warehouse. Thank you very much, Dale. We need to keep moving because in just a moment we're going to talk greenhouses.
1: You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. If you love an insightful podcast, Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series is for you. Cooking, Enjoy Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Really, the people around here truly lived farm to table. I know it's trendy now, but it was necessity back then. The parents, Mum Plus One with Joe Stanley. At the height of coronavirus lockdown, I gave up on all screen time restrictions. Powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy switch to Aussie-owned Red Energy today. Red Energy's lifestyle podcast available from your podcast provider and the SEN app. Welcome back to The Sport of Garden with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.
0: And wherever you are listening to us, perhaps even while you're out in the garden on a Sunday morning on SEN Track or SEN Ride Around Australia, or perhaps you're listening to us at any time via podcast, thanks for being with us on The Sport of Gardening. It's all thanks to Cyclone Tools, built to last a lifetime, available at Bunnings Warehouse and leading hardware retailers, and Trojan Tools, built tough, available at Bunnings Warehouse. If you've just tuned in, Dale did a tool review for us earlier. Make sure you catch that. Now, every week we try and check in with an industry expert so that we can find out about some fantastic local businesses in the landscaping and the gardening space. Today is no exception. It's a wonderful welcome to Chelsea Mabry from Sproutwell Greenhouses in Geelong, a company I have followed on Facebook for quite a few years. Dale, I had no idea they were actually in Geelong, which well, is a I didn't either, start. Jane,
2: until you told me, so I'm <laughs> glad I know about them now, so I'll check them out.
4: Hello, Chelsea. How are you going? <laughs> Hello, how are you guys? Thanks for having
0: me on. We're great and I have to say I've been spending a bit of time on the Sproutwell website and I think I've got greenhouse envy. Hmm. Dal, have you ever wanted to have a greenhouse?
2: Oh, absolutely. I was just saying off air that I would often think about um, putting the bonsais in a greenhouse or a glass house over the winter period. So just to um, protect my little babies in there. So, Chelsea,
0: tell us a little bit about Sproutwell. How long have you guys been down in Geelong and is everything designed in Geelong? It sounds like a great local business.
4: Yeah, so the company has been operating since 2011. Um, Lisa, who happens to be my cousin, who's a business owner, started the business online from home um, as she found, I guess, the majority of greenhouses being sold at the time and I guess still in today's market were off-shelf. I guess, imported ones that have been designed for UK and Europe conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess over there, they don't experience the high winds or UV levels that Australia does. Um, so she wanted to develop a product that would be suitable to be certified and engineered to withstand Australian conditions. So they started a um, display centre in Officer, which is just near Berwick. Mm-hmm. Um, and now were working from Geelong and travelling back and forth, um, operating that display centre. And then they started our warehouse and other display here in Geelong about three years ago now. Um, And we've just moved into our brand new showroom and display um, this week, actually. So it's a bit chaotic here at the moment.
2: Brilliant. I'll definitely come and check that out. I know exactly where you are now on Leather Street there in Breakwater. So... Uh, A good little spot. Yeah,
4: we just moved in. So everything's a bit of a mess, but we're hoping in the next couple of weeks we'll have it all set up and going again.
2: Yeah, perfect. Hey, uh, Chelsea, do you reckon that uh, during the COVID period uh, where people were spending a lot more time at home, uh, it's inspired a few more people to have a go at um, constructing a greenhouse and dedicating a, an area of their yard and garden to something as specific as a, a greenhouse or glasshouse.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. We've I've been here six years now, and we've been the busiest we've ever been the past wow. few months. Um, I guess yeah, everyone's just really been inspired. I guess because when the supermarket had such shortages with you know fruit and veggie and. Stuff like that. Everyone's just yeah been inspired. They had nothing to do at home, I guess, when we're in lockdown, and wanted to start growing their own yeah fruit and veggies and have a little project to do, I guess, because they are DIY. You can do them yourself, or we can yeah offer the installation service. So yeah.
0: Now Chelsea, as I mentioned, I do have greenhouse envy because you guys go from little, fairly affordable models to some pretty deluxe setups, and also people yeah. are growing in the commercial space. What's been sort of popular during COVID? Is it the smaller ones that people just want to start a few herbs on? Or are there a few people going, that's it, we're going to start trying to actually grow everything that we eat?
4: Yeah, I guess it's a bit of both. Like, I guess people that are just starting out have gone with the smaller ones that are more for balconies or courtyards, and they're growing herbs or um, smaller plants. And then there's people that have been looking at it for years and years, and they've finally decided, no, we're going to... Now's the time we're going to invest and um, yeah get a glasshouse or a greenhouse in. So we're at the moment we're booked out for installations about two months in advance at the moment. Great. So, uh Yeah, it's been yeah it's been great.
2: Hey, I've just had a um, squeeze through some of the Instagram in, images on your account there at Sprout, Sproutwell Greenhouses. And I've come across one of them. I think it's a, um, look, I don't know how you pronounce it, but is it a 5040 or a 5040 glass house that someone's um, constructed themselves and bought from you guys? But they've not only... Um, put the shelving in and a few of their favourite plants. They've also decked out with um, fairy lights on the roof and they've got um, a nice chair in there so they can sit and enjoy their good work. So uh, it's not all about just chucking plants in there is it?
4: No, a lot of people now use them for outdoor living spaces um, as well as for growing and I guess at the moment too, well, the last couple of years we looked into doing cedar hot tubs and saunas to incorporate that with our, um, yeah, glass house range to incorporate that outdoor living aspect of it. So, yeah, quite a good combination. So that's been working really well. But, yeah, a lot of people, yeah, use it now as an extra living space, I guess.
2: Yeah, I've just seen another one with a cafe next to a waterfront that's set up a nice little dining table for two-in-one as well, which looks really cool.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we've done a um, quite a few different projects. Um was one a couple of years ago for Tasting Australia and they did pop-up restaurants in our glass yeah. houses. And, um, yeah, that was a really cool project to get part of.
0: Now, do people have to sort of really change the way they grow things to get into a glass house or do you find that it's really a matter of just setting it up and just having a crack, Chelsea? <laughs>
4: yeah, I guess it, it's pretty... Um, the good thing about having a greenhouse is that you can manage the temperatures throughout winter um, and throughout summer as well they can get quite warm in summer as you could imagine Mm. as um, the polycarbonate is very good for heat retention but we do offer you know shading systems that go over the top um, extra vents for ventilation you can do things like misting systems to cool them down and then during winter we've got heating systems um, and stuff like that so you do need to i guess monitor the temperature in there to um, what you're growing, um, as I guess all different plants require different temperatures, and well, you can just get the plants
2: out of there, Jane, in say. summer and have a nice sauna. For um, <laughs> you'd have jockeys all over <laughs> Victoria buying those to sweat off and, and lose a few kilos. And- <laughs>
0: And Chelsea, do you find that like I sort of, um, my grandmother actually, she had what she called a shade house, which was actually mm. just made out of those brush yeah. fencing things. It was very dark. It was more of a fernery. But as a child, I remember yep. going in there, she'd have these little ceramic frogs hidden everywhere. Yep. And it was such a magical place. Dale's <laughs> yeah. nodding. Did you have no, a we had a, a neighbour that
2: had one that was um, quite large and they had the same like brass um, crocodiles that, you know, she used to hide around for us as kids and- Pace a dollar, uh, not a dollar, uh, 10 cents a snail we'd find and um, she'd collect them and probably kill them all because she hated them. So,
0: yeah, So I think we all have these sort of ideas of what a greenhouse or a glass house is, but my Nana's was very, it was definitely a sort of dark, shady, mysterious place. But I think there's something really beautiful about a dedicated spot that you can just sort of retreat to and they look beautiful these days. This is no, some of your ranges, no little brush fence shade house. No. Chelsea, do people really appreciate the fact that, especially when you've gone to such extent of, you know, landscape designing and building a beautiful house or renovating, that your products actually look stunning?
4: Yes, yeah, so I think if you're taking the time and you're investing in a greenhouse or a glass house, you want it to be aesthetically pleasing as well as functional. So, Um, We have a range of different colour options and designs to suit Um, backyards. We do a lot lot of work with schools and community gardens as well. Um, And then the good thing about our range too is really you can get them, we can offer a powder coating option where you can get it customised to any colour that you want as well. Mm. So, you know, we've had some some interesting colours that we've powder coated. Oh, like what? (laughs) Tell me, what's the most way out colour? There was... There was one that was, I think they were using it more for an office space. Um, so they wanted it bright and colourful. So I think it was turquoise. There was oh, a wow. yellow one. Um, so, yeah, that was more for an office space, not so much growing, but just shows they can be used for a range of different things.
2: Wasn't the Port power head office, was it, over there in Adelaide? <laughs>
4: No. Teal. I don't
2: think so. No. Um, That's a good
4: idea. No. You could actually
0: have a greenhouse in situ and like put all your greens and your spinach and your green smoothie ingredients to yeah. grow in your office. That's true.
2: What would you say, uh, Charles, would be the most common? Uh, so if people go from just a little DIY kits that they just. You know, knock up themselves and chuck on a small balcony or something to keep it just a few of their nice delicate um, plants over winter in. What would be the next step up? That's probably the most popular model in like a bit more full on. So I've had a quick look. I reckon the Regatta looks awesome. Yeah. Um, it's got cool yeah. top-opening windows and it's just a good shape. Um, what what would you say would yeah. be the model that people sort of go next level with if they're going to get a bit more serious with it?
4: Yeah, our Imperial range. Um is one of our most popular ranges as well as our grange series as well yeah um, i guess they can they look completely different i guess the imperial's more aesthetically pleasing it has your decorative cresting on the top it can be in glass or polycarbonate yep. um where your grange is more of a thicker box section framework looks really nice um that the grange series has been engineered and certified to withstand 150 kilometer wind Wow. Winder. so um, yeah, that one's great for rural properties and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of yeah. Our main ranges have, there's a hobby range, um, a premium range and elite range. The hobby range are more for your residential backyards, yeah. um, as well as the Imperial series. But yeah, the grange is more for... Larger properties, schools and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, cool. You're gonna have to
0: stick it on your mum's block, Dale. You don't have room at your house.
2: I'll go the big kahuna one (laughs) that can fit bar machinery in, I reckon.
0: (laughs) Well, Chelsea, thank you so much.
2: Seven meter wide. Yeah, wow. (laughs)
0: Chelsea, thank you so much. Now, we have got listeners all over Australia. Of course, you're based in Geelong and Victoria, uh, which at the moment uh, some people are looking down on us from the rest of the country due to our little (laughs) COVID resurgence. But if people outside of Victoria and Geelong want to order from you, can they still get stuff flat-packed and sent to you anywhere in the country yeah we ship
4: australia wide as well as offer an installation service australia wide um, so yeah that's all available online and we also well, not that I'm not sure people will be listening from New Zealand and everywhere but we do ship in um, to other countries as well so
2: Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I've got no problem because you'd only have to ship just over the, the <laughs> river there in Geelong to me in Belmont. So, um, yeah, I'll come okay, and check okay. out that showroom, Chelsea. I'm dead keen to come and uh, see a few of them set up.
0: He's got a bonsai collection. Yeah,
4: would love
0: to to stop by. <laughs> he's, he's got his bonsais that need a little warmth over winter. So <laughs> I reckon, uh, yeah, you yeah. definitely have a sale there, Chelsea. Hey, if people want to get hold oh, of perfect. you, they can get onto Sproutwell Greenhouses online. What's your Instagram handle?
4: Yeah, so it's um, Sproutwell Greenhouses is our Instagram handle. Um, And then I think it's Sproutwell Polycarbonate Greenhouses and Glasshouses on Facebook as well.
0: And we'll put all of the links in the show notes to the podcast version of this episode. Chelsea, hope you have fun uh, tidying up that brand new showroom and Dale will be in to see you soon. Thanks for your time. Perfect. Thank you, guys. That's Chelsea Mabry, the office manager for Sproutwell Greenhouses. I so want a greenhouse, Dale. I reckon you and I, look, competition, you know, get a greenhouse and see who can grow the best stuff in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up in just a moment, Dale has another listener question. And, of course, if you've got one for him, you can uh, send us an email, feedback at au. We are doing it all thanks to Red Energy, powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Switch to Aussie-owned Red Energy today. More on the sport of gardening in just a moment.
1: You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.
0: Don't shoot The Messenger with Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin. Great local tips, books, screen food, recommendations. The week that was...
3: We're so used to scheduling our lives around footy. I think the AFL is very frightened that people might just give up on
0: it. It's not really up to us to say we've had enough. It's a pandemic. I think we all patted ourselves on the back and thought, Yahoo, we've done well. He replied via email, Grouse! (laughs) 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 Exclamation. (laughs) haven't <laughs> said grouse grouse since, grouse. since the Halebury fate in 1975, I reckon. It's just chaos, Caro and the AFL.
3: It's chaos because of Victoria, really, and because state premiers don't want Victorian football teams coming into their states. Um, made further chaotic by player unrest.
0: For red energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas. Become best friends with Caro and Corrie. Subscribe and listen today, wherever you get your podcasts
1: welcome back to the sport of gardening for cyclone tools built to last a lifetime trojan tools built tough only at bunnings warehouse and red energy owned by snowy hydro a renewable energy leader
0: and welcome back to the sport of gardening a show that originally existed because sport disappeared from the airwaves due to COVID-19, things are starting to get back to almost normal in some parts of the country. But the great thing is that Dale Vine and I get to chat gardening and landscaping each week and talk to some of our favourite sports people. So That's right. So win. Yeah, win-win. <laughs> now we do ask you to send in your questions for Dale. You can do it very easily via the email feedback at sportofgardening.com.au and you can do it via Dale's Instagram at d. So thank you to Sue in Burswood in WA for sending in this question for you, Dale. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dale. I would love some advice on installing a watering system in my garden. I've always watered by hand but think it's time to get serious. Probably a good idea, Sue. Uh, I'm conscious of not wasting water so should I get sprayers, drippers or soaker hoses? I have an area of lawn, a few fruit trees and ornamentals and a small section that I like to keep as a cottage garden where lots of things can come up from seed, et cetera. So great question, Sue. we would go. just What's start? a good
2: question? Well, watering systems can be as easy as you like or they can get very complicated, Jane. But um, if you're going to try and do your lawn, as she mentioned in there, um, unless you were going to do like a, a sprinkler or something that sat on top, uh, and then just was fed by a hose from a, a automated watering system. Uh, then you probably want to call a landscaper that can um, put an underground, you know, pop up um, system in for you, um, which is probably getting a bit complicated for your average DIYer. Um, but if you wanted to, um, just to irrigate your uh, garden beds and veggie patches and things like that, then totally achievable for the everyday person. Um, what you want to do is just get in and get a um, a controller. So probably just a battery operated one. Uh, there's plenty of good ones out there now, which are um, more than capable. Uh, but if I was going to make a recommendation um, as far as what to buy, I won't say a brand, but the the actual controller that you'd want, um, the best thing you can do is get one that has multiple um, outlets. So you can still use one of them as a hose um, or, or click a hose in and you still don't have to interrupt your, your watering system oh, coming on. So
0: great advice because how frustrating is it yep. when you go to the tap which has got yeah, the timer for the and you've got the to unscrew spring.
2: the oh. watering system itself. Yeah, yeah, it gets really annoying. So that's why I say buy one that has... Um, a couple of different outlets on it, um, and that way you don't have to go about that. So if you've got a, a landscape to install it for you, they just put a, a brass tee on your actual tap tapware, and then you'd um, still have your hose on there, and your watering system would come off that, so you okay. have them both all the time. Yeah.
0: So it is something that perhaps Sue, if she's not going for the full underground thing, she yep. could actually try and have a crack at it. Yeah,
2: because all you really need is. Um is just a bit of 14 mil or or 19 mil. I just usually use 14 mil um, black poly pipe to get you from your your watering system controller uh, out into your garden beds. And as soon as you're in the area you need irrigated, you swap it um, into uh, like a brown dripper tube that has drippers in built into the, the tubing, um, which are every, I don't know, maybe 450 or something um, spaced out. So yeah, it's a really good way of um, not wasting water. All the micro jets and the, and the sprays that are above ground are great if you need a bit of you know water onto your foliage for c- certain plants, uh, maybe even your veggie patch. Yep. Uh, but if you are trying to save water, and especially in those hotter climates um, up north in Victoria, you probably want to just get it directly to the roots, which is via the drippers, yeah.
0: Thanks for your question, Sue. And, of course, if you want to get more of Dale's advice, you can actually grab his book, Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide, Transform Your Garden on Any Budget. Dale, it's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Always, Jane. (laughs) I love it. I love sitting in here and just de-stressing without the kids and just talking gardening, it's the best part of me week
0: If you want to uh, ask Dale a question, head to his Instagram at D, and you can always send us an email, feedback at sportofgardening.com.au Thanks for being with us We'll talk to you soon
1: You're listening to the Sport of Gardening for cyclone tools built to last a lifetime. Trojan tools built tough only at Bunnings Warehouse and Red Energy owned by Snowy Hydro, a renewable energy leader If you love an insightful podcast, Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series is for you. Cooking, enjoy Tuesday with Ash Pollard. Really, the people around here truly lived farm to table. I know it's trendy now, but it was necessity back then. The parents, mum plus one with Joe Stanley.
4: At the height of coronavirus lockdown, I gave up on all screen time restrictions.
1: Powered by Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy switch to Aussie-owned Red Energy today. Red Energy's lifestyle podcast available from your podcast provider and the SEN app.